2019 has come in. It seems like 2018 had just begun. But I'm, I'm learning the older I get, the faster it seems these years are going by. Truth is, they're going by just as slow as they did when I was two. Just as slow as they did when I was 15, when I was 20, when I was 24, when I was waiting for that next year. They're going by just as slow. It's just the long, older I get, the, the slower I want time to go. Yeah, I, I, growing up, I said I'd never reach 40, and I'm getting closer and closer to 50. And, and God is still allowing me to be here. It's, I, I'm anxious to see what 2019 is going to hold. Are you? Amen. If you're not, you might as well get anxious because it's here. It's not coming. It's already here. And before long, we'll be here looking back over 2019 into 2020. Now, in 1980, that seemed a long time away, but it's here. It's right around the corner. And I, I would just like to say to us, as we have entered into this new year, let's just keep, let's continue moving. Let's continue moving. I think that's what God would want us to do, just continue moving and if you look in the book of Joshua in chapter 1, you begin to see that in those first nine verses that God is wanting the children of Israel to continue moving. As you're turning there, I, some of you remember the movie Forrest Gump. About all of you should remember that movie. Uh, one of the greatest movies ever produced. Uh, if you just watch the movie and just marvel, or I marvel at every event that seems to take place in this man's life. But in the movie, Forrest meets up with Lieutenant Dan. His, his lieutenant from when he was in the military, Lieutenant Dan was wounded in the Vietnam War, according to the movie. And on a New Year's Eve, after Forrest has been awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor, he meets up with Lieutenant Dan. And it, it appears that, that as the clock strikes 12 a.m., they're watching the Times Square celebration. And I don't know if you remember, but Long Limbs Lenore had been introduced to Forrest. And she says when this takes place, don't you just love New Year's? You get to start all over. Everybody gets a second chance. And do you ever look forward to second chances? Or do you wish you had a second chance? You know, as we begin to, to make personal, professional, educational, family, and spiritual plans for this year... To do better than last year. As we are looking for a second chance to improve on the mistakes we made last year. It would help us to realize first that while these plans are great. And I think we should make these plans. The same enemy that hindered our plans last year. We still have him. And he's still going to try to hinder our plans. He's going to do what he can to discourage us. If you, if you watch that movie, do you remember the very next scene? 
In that very next scene, <coughs> following the quote from Long Limbs Lenore, what we hear is this memorable quote from Forrest. He says, I'm sorry I ruined your New Year's Eve party, Lieutenant Dan. But she smelled like cigarettes, or she tasted like cigarettes. Now, there was a party going on, and there was a plan that Lieutenant Dan had, but something hindered that plan from coming forward. I want to encourage us that as we make these plans, just be on the lookout. We got an enemy that's going to try to deter us. But we serve a God, and because of the God that we serve, and because he's already defeated our enemy, we should remain encouraged. In the midst of all that we do, in the midst of all that we're commissioned to do, and all the plans that we make, let's not get discouraged. When our enemy attacks and he's going to do that, let's just trust in the Lord and trust in his promises. He's made us promises that we can move forward, that we can continue moving even when things seem to be getting out of hand. Let's look here in this passage and we begin to see this in in Joshua's life. The Bible says in the book of Joshua chapter 1, And the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass. After the death of Moses, servant of the Lord, it came to pass. That the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people, to the land which I am going to give, going, that I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, for from the wilderness. And this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, <coughs> and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage for to This people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it for when for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go Now, this is God's holy word. God, as we do come before you, we thank you and we praise you for your word. We thank you, God, for giving us another year. That where, God, we can come together, assemble ourselves here to worship and glorify your name. God, that we can magnify the name of your son. That we can sense your presence through the power of your Holy Spirit. 
God, we just thank you for a place we can come to where people love one another. But God, more than we love each other, we love you. God, we pray that you would just be with us this day. That you would help us, God, to worship you in a manner that be pleasing unto you. And that whatever said and done in this place, that you would receive glory, honor, and praise. Now, God, have your way in this service. Bless, God, according to your will. And God, use this for your glory and for our good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, the book of Joshua, it opens with God's call to Joshua's life. Joshua had been a trusted aide of Moses. And, and God, as Joshua was an aide of Moses, God was preparing Joshua to replace Moses. Now, Moses has died recently, and the people were in deep anguish. And they were mourning over his death, and they had been mourning for 30 days. As a matter of fact, Deuteronomy 34 and 8, it says, And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. So the days of weeping and mourning for Moses ended. <coughs> Excuse me. And as soon as these 30 days of mourning were over, God immediately speaks to Joshua. And as he speaks to Joshua, he's reminding Joshua of the call that he has placed on his life. When we look in this passage, what we begin to see, and there are three things I want us to notice today, is first the observation that's being made. And the observation is that Moses was dead. We see that in verse 1 and also again in verse 2. In verse 1, and after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua. In verse 2, it says, Moses, my servant, is dead. The people of Israel were broken over the passing of a man who had led them for the past 40 years. God used Moses to free the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. It was Moses who met with God and brought God's law to the people. It was Moses who pleaded on their behalf when God wanted to destroy them. So here we find Moses is a respected and a loved man by the people. And when he died, they were grief-stricken. It appears that Joshua was overcome with his grief. He was overcome with the grief of, his, of the death of his mentor. Now this doesn't seem to be out of place. It seems to make sense. But what we find as we look in this passage is that it seems that his and the, and the people's grief was lingering longer than it should. Now, with that statement, some of you may be thinking, well, who are you to tell someone when they've been grieving longer than they should? I want to make you very aware today, I'm not telling anyone how long they should grieve. Grief is real. And grief needs to take its course. If it doesn't take its course, we become physically sick. We will become emotionally sick. And we will definitely become spiritually sick. I wouldn't pretend to know how long the grieving process is. I'm not going to pretend to know how long it should be. But what I do know is that if we are born again believers, we are to be a witness of God's grace in this world. 
In 1 Thessalonians 4 and 13, the Bible says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. So in the midst of our grief, if we're born-again Christians, and we are to grieve, and the Bible doesn't say that we're not saying that in the midst of our grief, we are to remember we have a hope. And and how long does this last? I don't know. I want to tell you, we're going to remember them, and we should remember them, and I hope we remember them for for as long as we live, because right now, I still miss Brother Joe Brooks. I still miss Miss Myrtle. I still miss 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 Birdie. I still miss Miss Annie Ruth Jacobs. I still miss all of those who've gone on to be with the Lord since we've been here. But, But I've learned that I've got a great hope that one day I'm going to be able to be with them again. We should never stop or never think that we should just stop remembering them. We do remember them. And little things are going to take place. Little things are going to be said that they're going to flood back to your remembrance. They're just little things that I do. I can walk in my house and do something and I think of my dad. I can can get in the vehicle and I can say something foolish to my daughter or wife and I think of my brother. I I can come to this place and I think of the meetings in my office with those who've gone on before us and, and I just... I just thank the Lord that I have a hope that one day I'm going to get to be with them. But the grief is real. It's real. It's painful. And for me to think that it's not it would be crazy. It would be ludicrous. All the deaths that we've had in our church in the last 15 years. In 2018, there were eight funerals from people who are part of this church. There were more than that there were, that were, uh, that were in, or a part of the people from this church. But we can't stop moving. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, Jesus says to us, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And I want to tell you, Reedy Branch, that with everything that this church has been through, with everything that some of you have been through, I've witnessed God's strength in some of your lives. I've witnessed God's strength in how you're continuing to move forward. For the most part, when grief has hit the families of this church, they're back here and they're back doing the things that they, that they were doing and some are even doing more than what they were doing. They've not allowed the, the Satan to take the grief to fill them. Grief is not wrong. What's wrong is when we allow the grief to consume us and stop us from living for the Lord. The hardest thing I've found with grief is the reality that the sun will rise in the morning. That's the hardest part of it. Because it seems like in the midst of that, that, that we just want everything to stop. And when I get better, then it can start back, but it doesn't work that way. It didn't work that way with Moses and Joshua. Doesn't work that way with us. When we look here in this passage, it's very evident in God's statement to Joshua that the sun's coming up in the morning. Because God said, Moses, my servant, is dead. And now God is ready for Israel to move through the promised land. It was time. What God is saying is it was time for the new leader to lead. It was time for Joshua to rise up and lead God's people. God wasn't finished with Israel. He still had so much in store for them. 
He had promised them a land flowing with milk and honey, and it was time for them to go and possess it. As they were making their preparations to cross over to Jordan, God was preparing for Israel to claim their land. Aren't you glad we have a hope that one day we're going to cross over to a land flowing with milk and honey? A land where this grief that we experience on this side will never, it will never dawn our hearts and minds. We'll never shed a tear of sadness again. We'll never know sickness. We'll never know pain. But we'll always be howdy, howdy. There'll never be any separation. It'll be a time of rejoicing. Man, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm glad God has given us that. And I believe what God is saying here is is that my people have mourned and now it's time for them to rejoice. Let's be real about this. There's no set formula. There's no set limit on grieving. But we must be aware of the difference in grieving someone and allowing our grief to consume us. Moving while grieving is painful. It's difficult. It's, it's exhausting. But God is glorified when we move. When we move in the midst of pain, we're saying, I don't know how to breathe, but I'm going to trust God with my very next breath. So my eyes are on him. And I know he'll make me strong in my weakness. And when we look back on 2000. And 18, I want to tell you, there's reason that we should grieve. But there's reason to rejoice. You know, there were also five weddings. Part of this church. Children were born. Baptisms were done. People joined this fellowship. Yes, we remember those. And while we're grieving, we we still got hope. But we got to keep moving. (laughs) We got to keep moving. The observation was made. And the observation was that, okay, now this man you love has gone on. I can't allow you to be stuck. Let's keep moving. But it wasn't just an observation that was made. There was an opportunity that was given. God assured Joshua that he could stand strong and he could stand with courage. If you look in... And we see that there in verse 6. He says, be strong and of good courage for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. We see that there in verse 6. But in, in verse 2, God assures him that he's given the people of Israel the land across the Jordan. In verses 3 and 4, Joshua is assured that every place their foot treads, God is given to him. He also tells Joshua that no one will be able to stand against him all the days of his life. I like that. I like that in verse 5 where he says, No man shall, stay, shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. In this same verse, God tells Joshua why he can stand 
why no one will be able to stand against him. It's because God's going to be with him. He promised Joshua he'd never leave him nor forsake him. Joshua and the Israelites would defeat all their enemies by the presence of God. God's promise to be with them. He, he would never leave nor forsake them. His presence would be present with the people. His presence would guide Israel. His presence would give them victory over their enemy. And the power of God's presence was needed by the Israelites. And it would needed to magnify, magnify itself on their behalf and I want to tell you we need God's presence in our lives we need God's presence in this church in everything that we do we need his presence to be right here with us for if it's going to prosper he's going to have to make it prosper John 16 and 33 Jesus says these things I've spoken to you that you may have peace in the world you will have tribulations but be of good cheer I have overcome the world Man, when we're reading this about our God, that he's overcome the world, and then he tells us, I will be there for you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. It ought to just lift our spirits and help us to understand, no matter what we're going through, God's going to see me through. What a promise that he's given to us. He's promised us his presence. He's not going to leave us or forsake us. No matter how our enemy comes against us, no matter what trial or temptation we face, no matter how difficult or destructive things may seem, God's presence is here with us. You know what? People are talking all over the world about Robinson County. But until you live in Robinson County and you made a home in Robinson County and you have a church family in Robinson County, you don't understand the benefit of living in Robinson County. I'm coming to the terms that, that there's trouble everywhere we go. We can run away all we want. If we go to the big city or a smaller town, we're going to still find trouble in that place. I know why I believe it seems so bad it's because we got people in this county who love the Lord. We got people in this county who want to serve the Lord and give him everything that they have and the devil's working all he can to fight us. It's not because we're all that bad. <laughs> I don't believe that. I'm not going to believe that. It's not that we're all that bad. It's that Satan's at work. Because God's people's calling on God. We can stand strong even in the midst of everything that's being said about us. Even in the midst of everything that's being done to us. We can stand strong. And we can know that we never have to stand alone. Because the Bible tells us in Ephesians 6 and 10. That we're told that finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We're not, God, we're not asked to be strong ourselves. God never asked us to take on something by ourselves. He's wanting us just to trust him. I don't know how much you've trusted God this year or this past year, but I hope this coming year we find ourselves trusting him more than we ever have. We can stand strong and be of good courage for the Lord is with us. So we have the opportunity this year to trust him and let our community and the surrounding community see God's presence in everything that we do. It was no accident that this was the particular time in which Israel would possess the land. And the word of God and Israel and Moses had went into that land and all the people had heard about them. 
I imagine in their minds and hearts, well, their leader is no longer with them, so we'll be okay. But when they crossed over the Jordan, these countries were afraid because God's people continued to move. Folks, if we want our community to see, if we want God's light to shine through us to where our community and the surrounding community see God in us, we got to keep moving. We got to keep moving. When Satan throws his darts, we keep moving. When he brings accusations, we keep moving. When he does what he can to tear us down, we just keep moving. Now, while there is an observation made, while there's the opportunity that's given, we also see that there's an obligation that's stressed. When we begin looking in verses 7 and 8, we begin to see the obligation Israel has. For God to shine through them, for God to continue to just be a blessing to them, we see the obligation He says, only be strong. This is the second time he says that there in verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law. In other words, it's going to take strength to follow the law of God. It's going to take courage to follow the law of God. You know it takes strength to be a Christian, to stand up in your workplace, in town, to stand up and say that, that it, is a, it, it is a pleasure for me to be able to serve my Lord, that I, that I love the Lord with all my heart, mind, and soul, that I, I've given everything to him. It's a, it takes courage and it takes strength to do that. For, for Ben to have been baptized last week, we can't look at that lightly. It takes strength because once we acknowledge that Jesus is our Savior, we become a target to this world so it takes strength it takes strength it's strength that you don't have nor I have strength that only God can give we are to be strong in his strength and not our own well preacher I can stand up to anybody not on your own you can't it's not genetically possible because, it, because we see it in this world today. There was a time when, when your grandparents and great-grandparents and my great-grandparents would have never thought that they wouldn't be prayer in school. There was a time where they'd have never thought that, that you, could, you couldn't pray in Jesus' name in public. There was a time when, when they would have never thought that, that the Lord's name would be used on a live television broadcast in vain. But today it happened. It takes strength. You know why it happens? Because somebody refused to stand in God's strength. They began to compromise with the world. They began to see that we need to be able to have this freedom rather than what God would want us to have. I'm going to say this, and I'll never say this again. Lord, help me to never say it again. I want, I'm going to encourage you for the very last time to vote. This is the last time I'm ever going to encourage you to vote because it's coming out of this pulpit. I'll never bring it back up in this pulpit because it is so divisive. It is so divisive. This world, 
This world cares more about special interest groups than they do the word of God. I'll never bring it up again. You do what you want to do when it comes to voting. I'm going to do what I want to do. But I'll never bring it up again. It's staying out of this pulpit. I've encouraged you. I've encouraged you. We have an obligation, and that obligation is to stand strong and be courageous in the word of God. He says here, he says here that we're not to turn to the right nor to the left, but we're to stick straight with the word of God. And if we do that, he says we'll prosper wherever we go. Look there where he says, he says that in verse 7 in that last line. He also tells us that in verse 8. In order for us to be strong and of good courage, we have to, we have to fulfill this obligation. We must obey God's word. Here what Joshua is telling us is that we have to obey all God's law. He is not, we are not to turn away from it. God, the law of God was not to depart from Joshua's mouth. Joshua was to Meditate on this day and night. By meditating on the law day and night, it would always be before him. He would hear and see the law of God with every decision that he had to make. If he meditated on the word of God day and night, It's when we spend time in meditating on God's word that it becomes real to us and it becomes a real part of who we are. You know why it's imperative for preachers and pastors and teachers to meditate upon God's word? It's so that with all our study and all of our notes, we'll actually leave our mind and go to our hearts. And as they go to our hearts, it will just flow out of us as we preach, as we teach, as we share God's word. It's imperative not only that we who are preaching, who are pastoring, who are teaching God's word to meditate, but it's imperative that everyone meditates on the word of God. Why? Because we need his word before us with every decision we make. If you're making a decision to buy a house, God needs to be in that decision. You're making a decision to buy a vehicle, God needs to be in that decision. You're making a decision on what college to go to, God needs to be in that decision. You're making a decision on on what home to put your loved one in because you don't have the, the capability or the resources to take care of them. God needs to be in that decision. He needs to be in every decision that we make. So it's imperative that we are meditating on the word of God. Because we need his strength. We need his guidance. We need his promises right before us. Psalm 1 1 through 3 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its seasons, whose leaf also shall not wither and whatever... He does. He prospers. He prospers. He's saying here that if God's word goes before us, there's no way we won't succeed. I want to encourage us, Reedy Branches, we look into 2019. Let's put God's word before us. 
As we put God's word before us, watch, watch him bless this place. Didn't he not bless us in 2018? He blessed us tremendously in 2018. And I believe he's got much more that he wants for us today. Much more that he wants. God told Joshua that in obeying the law and not letting it depart from his mouth, he would be a success. Here in 2019, we want to commit to standing strong in God's, standing strong and of good courage. So, as you're making your New Year's resolutions, as you're making your promises to God, promises to yourself, let's commit to keeping God's word ever before us. Because I believe if we do, we won't just prosper individually, but we'll prosper as a people. We'll prosper as a fellowship, as a body of believers. Because I believe we're being blessed on the prayers of the faithful. (laughs) I believe God is blessing us on the prayers of the faithful. I don't know that he'll do that, preacher. (laughs) You remember a lot? You remember when God wanted to destroy Sodom? And Abraham said, if you find just 10. They couldn't find 10 righteous men. They couldn't find any righteous men. But God would have spared it. He would have spared the place for just a few. I believe he's blessing places because of the faithful few. When we observe these opportunities, let's fulfill our obligation. For if we keep God's word before us, sharing his word will become second nature to us. The more we love the gospel, the more we will live the gospel. And the more we love and live the gospel, the more we will share the gospel. So let's keep it ever before us unsaved I want to plead with you right now right now God's dealing with you or you wouldn't be here and you need to observe that you need to observe the fact that God is is bidding you to come to his son to receive his son as your personal savior and right now you have the opportunity to give your life to the Lord to make Jesus your Lord and Savior you have that opportunity right now as Brother Ronald begins to play softly as the church bows their head closes their eyes and begins to pray I want you to observe this opportunity that you have you have the opportunity right now to receive Jesus Christ The Bible tells us that the only way we can be saved is that we are drawn. And if the Holy Spirit bid you to come to this place, he's drawing you. So you have the opportunity right now to be saved. But there's coming a day you won't have that opportunity again. There's coming a day that you will observe that the people of God are out of this place. And you'll be left. You'll be left without his presence abiding. I pray that doesn't happen to you. 
But the only way to be sure is to fulfill this obligation. That's to humble yourself before the Lord. Receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Receive the gospel. And the gospel is this, that Jesus left heaven and he come to earth. He left heaven and come to earth to, to give his life a ransom to where he would pay the penalty of your sins on your behalf. He died so that you could be forgiven. And truth of the matter is, you're already forgiven. But you've got to receive it. You've got to receive it. If you fail to receive it, and you leave this world in that condition, you will hear him say, depart from me. And you won't get the opportunity again. So right now, as the blood is running warm in your body, you have the ability to reason and think, and that you believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God, and that he was raised from the dead, and that he resides with the Father. Would you? Would you fulfill the obligation by humbling yourself and crying out to him? The Bible says, for whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. Thank you for listening to the Reedy Branch Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you to love the gospel, live the gospel, and share the gospel. May God richly bless you this day.